Welcome to Wine and Real Estate, the podcast where we drink wine, we have fun, and we learn about real estate investing. Real estate investing is so much more than just buying buildings. It's about building relationships, building your dreams, building your dream lifestyle, customizing your life. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? It's much more than money. It's more than getting rich. It's a different type of wealth. It's the wealth of time, the wealth of freedom. And now let's get to the wine and the real estate. Hey, wine and real estate listeners. It's Jason Lowe from episode number 129. At Ascendant Financial, IVCforme.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors all across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it becomes difficult to access the financing that you need or when interest rates in the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at ibcforme.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you're already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, puts you in a position of total and absolute control over the repayment schedule of your loans while enhancing your overall returns. So whether you're a new real estate investor or a seasoned real estate investor, we believe that ready access to money to take advantage of high caliber opportunities and all the financial control should be in your hands, not the banks and not some loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for wine and real estate podcast listeners. And so if you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, less headaches, head on over to ibcforme.com. That's ibcforme.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wine and Real Estate. And at the time of this recording, if you're watching this or listening, you'll see I've got my usual wine bottle, but there's no wine in it. I'm drinking water because right now I'm doing 75 hard and I'm doing the real estate edition. So I decided to add a little twist to it. 75 hard. My, my guest here, Dustin's going to hear about it. Uh, you don't drink wine for 75 days. You're supposed to work out twice a day, 45 minutes. Once outside, so in Canada, it's a lot of fun with hell and snow and rain. Uh, and then 45 minutes inside. And you're also supposed to read a, a book, a self-help book of some kind, 10 pages, and take progress pictures, which I've started. There's not much because this is day two. And <laughs> next recording, we'll have more. But the real estate twist is I'm asking everybody to take some action every day. Anybody following? Uh, to towards your real estate goals. So like today, I posted my new Airbnb acquisition. So I did that. I'm into interviewing Dustin. So I'm going to learn about passive income and you will too. And then that last thing is within 75 days to buy your next property. So that's my challenge. Uh, I did chill in 2022. I was saying one every two weeks, but 75 days. Let's Let's relax and enjoy. So Welcome, Dustin. Dustin Heiner, I guess you would say. 
It is. Thank you so much, Francois, for having me on the show. Yeah, I love real estate investing. I've been an investor for well, actually 2006 when I first started investing and bought enough properties, long-term buy and hold rental properties that I didn't have to work. Like the rents come in, I just keep making money. And then, you know, I became successfully unemployed. That's where you don't have to work for somebody else. You have money coming in, financially independent. But then I get, you know, do whatever I want all day and then come on podcasts and talk to great people like you. So thanks for having me on the show. I'm a pleasure. And anybody, if you're listening to this while you're driving, you need to see the visual. If you go on my YouTube channel, you're going to see Dustin's t-shirt. I love it. Successfully unemployed. That's something we don't want to hear in Ottawa where I am because we have a massive shortage of employees. But I'm happy for you, Dustin. And I'd love to be successfully unemployed and help others become successfully unemployed. But anyway, congrats. And yeah, tell us more. So successfully unemployed. Normally unemployment's negative, but in this case, it's very positive. It's very positive. And it was, uh, I always wanted to be financially independent. Like I wanted to be my own boss and everything like that. And so when I found real estate investing, that's where it really got me to where I could become my own boss. Now I've always been entrepreneurial in my life, you know, starting businesses and that type of idea. And, but at the same time, I'm, I was taught just like everybody was taught or we're all taught, basically, this is the game plan. You go to school, you get good grades. Then you take those good grades, you go to college you get, or university, you get thousands and thousands of dollars in a debt, get a, another piece of paper. It's a degree, they call it. And you go to yeah. a bunch of jobs or a bunch of companies and you try to get a career there. Then you work 40 plus years of your life, hopefully not get fired or laid off. And then retire when you're 65, 70 years old and live on what you managed to save your entire life. Well, I'm doing that exact same thing. And my my wife and I, we started having kids while I'm working at a sit down desk job because I'm taught, you know, this is what we do. Yeah. And so I started also creating a couple of businesses. I uh, had a graphic and website design company, skateboard manufacturing business, convenience store. Like I started all these up from the ground up, but they weren't enough to quit my job. And at the same time, I was but I found the most stable, secure job that I could ever find. So first of all, I got to tell you this quick story of what really shoved me and catapulted me into real estate investing. So I bought one rental property at the time when I had a businesses and had a full-time desk job, you know, nine to five desk job. And that started making me money and passive income. And I knew I wanted to be a real estate investor. I said, this is great. I'm not doing anything. And it makes me money without working. But you know what happens? Life started getting in the way. My wife and I started having children, one, two, three. And here's the story, really quick story. So when my wife had our fourth child, I went on paternity leave. And that's where the dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and bonds with the baby and all that good stuff. So I go back to work. After about two weeks off of work, I go back to work. And in that same week that I go back to work, on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, Ooh. like the top dog. She gives me a call and says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. And I hung up the phone. I paused for a second. I thought, why in the world is she calling me to go to the office? Like, this isn't normal. And I've seen plenty of movies. Getting a call at Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon is not a good sign. And I started remembering a couple months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors or some rumbling going on that there could potentially be layoffs in the county, in the local oh, county no. government. And I, I immediately shook it off. I said, there's no way. I've got the most stable, <laughs> secure job here. My bosses think I do a great job. We're good. So I get up. And I start walking down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, Francois, this hallway isn't very long. It's kind of short, actually. But every single step that I took, it felt like the hallway got longer and longer and longer. And it felt like <laughs> my feet became lead bricks because the weight of potentially losing my job 
was Good starting to crush you. down on me. Wow. Yes. And so I get down the hallway and I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed. And I see a secretary there, super sweet, nice old lady. And she says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's kind of sheepishly grinning at me, trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I go and I take my seat and I sit there and I think about my life. Like If I get laid off right now, everything that I, that whole plan that I was told, if I get laid off right now, did I just waste my life doing this? And yeah. if I don't have a job, I started thinking, my goodness, we just had our fourth child. How am right. I going to be able to feed our family? Does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a, as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the nerves of everything is just crushing down on me. Well, then the door to my boss's office opens up. And out walks a coworker of mine, nice lady. She's carrying a piece of paper in her hands. And she is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. But she's not necessarily crying. But you could tell her world has been rocked. Well, she passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come in the office? And I go in the office and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government. No. I did. I live in well, the I government. I take that layoff <laughs> notice. Absolutely. I take that layoff notice and I go back to my desk and I realize two things sitting right there, then and there in my desk. And the reason why I tell the story. Um, well, the first one is... I need to be able to provide for my family. So I need to get another job. So I worked really hard. I found another job in the same county or same local government. Uh, different department wasn't having the money issue. So praise the Lord, check. Got that job working uh, right there. Now, the second thing, sitting in a chair, just getting laid off. The second thing I realized is I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I told myself, Anytime anybody would ask me the question, well, Dustin, what do you do? You know, we always get that question. What do you do? I usually just reply with my job. Well, I work for the county. I do local, you know, I do IT or technology for the county. Well, I'm projecting my value in myself as coming from my job. No, my yeah. value doesn't come from my job. It comes from myself, from inside my, myself, from my God and from my family. So right then and there, I told myself no longer will I ever project my values be my job. It will be now I am an investor because I knew I needed to be an investor, but life got in the way. So fast forward the story. I started buying property after property after property, each one making me a minimum of $250 or more in passive income. Eventually, I had 30 plus properties. and I realized, my goodness, even though I'm making $70,000 a year at this new job I got, a uh, great job and all, but I'm losing money. So the last part of the story. I went to my new boss, great boss and all, and I gave him a piece of paper. I said, boss, I'm laying you wow. off. Like, here's your two weeks notice. You know, <laughs> yeah, jokingly. And we both laughed. And he says, well, Dustin, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I own real estate. It, it makes money for me. It works for me without me even working. The last part of the story is I walked home, or walked to my car. It was a mile and a half walk. I worked in downtown. I didn't want to pay for parking. So I've taken this walk a thousand times. Well, I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need a job again. And everybody listening, you need to realize that your value is so much more than anybody could ever pay you. And here's how you will absolutely know. Your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money it takes money out of their pocket. If they paid you what you're worth, they would go broke. And so what we try to do is build up a business, a real estate investing business that helps us to get paid for what the value that we bring to that business, our investing. So fast forward, I have so many properties now that now 
I am blessed to become successfully unemployed. So I'll, I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions. Yeah, no, that's great. And so what year was that maybe to put us into context? I know you mentioned 2006, yeah, so, then you had kids and then. Yeah, I started investing in 2006, bought one, maybe two properties. And it was, I think it was 2009, maybe 2010 so when I actually got laid off. In the U.S. So yes. economically, like in Canada, it was a bit different. We did not get the big housing bubble that the U.S. had. And I know employment was quite high. So when you lost your job, that was probably quite stressful here. 2006 was kind of the opposite. It's like, whatever, I'm moving. You probably hired as soon as you step off of that office. But so very different situation. That's scary. Uh, and now, like you said, you took control of your life. So I'm curious because financing, I, I have properties in the US, is a bit different as well. You have certain opportunities that we don't have here as Canadians, but we're able to invest in the US, which is great. Um, how do you get started? Because a lot of people ask, like, how do you get that down payment in Canada for investment? It's usually 20 percent. Well, you can do five maybe for a second property and then then you're at 20 in the US. It's similar, I think, as well. So what's your strategy? Do you? Yeah. Well, yeah. So a lot of us start with looking at having the money in order to have to invest. And that's the first place that's we it. always start. Now, that's not necessarily the place that we should start no. as investors. That's what I did. And I went into it. I just went to it at a different, uh, different route, meaning I now, instead of going just for the money, figuring out money, like when I'm coaching students, I usually go after, let's build the business first so that the business then is able to run itself. The money will come that's why I always say like the, the money is usually the one of the last things finding the properties and getting the money is one of the last things, because honestly, um, you know, obviously in America is different. I've had, so I coach a lot of people how to invest in real estate. I have actually a lot of Canadian students investing in the United States. And so I show them how to invest, but I personally literally use 15 different ways. Uh, let's say private money, uh, cash, uh, commercial loans, bundle loans, signature loans. I've even used credit cards, private money. I've used so many different ways to get money to buy properties that the financing is just one tiny little bit. It's actually the easiest part. When you realize that it's the running of the business that you need to actually develop first. Now, if you're going to look at, we'll quickly go with the, the 20%. The 20% down, yeah, that's that's a good amount to come up with. But what if you had other ways to get financing? What if you had other investors that want to invest with you? What if you got commercial loan, which could be a little different in how, how you actually structure things? Let's say you had hard money, a hard money lender. So the, as far as financing, that's actually, I'll be completely honest, it's the easy part. The harder part is building the business so that it runs itself. Because I'll be completely honest for also, uh, Francois. Uh, a lot of people have read the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, and the premise of the book is you you try to build your life to where you only work four hours a week. Well, in my opinion, working four hours a week is for suckers. I don't want to work four hours a week. I only want to work four hours a month. I basically work maybe 30 minutes a month. I just look at my property management statements because I built my business. My business runs itself. And I look at the management statements, make sure everything looks good, and then put it aside and go back to play with my kids because I built a business that creates passive income every single month. And with that, like you said, the financing, that's another part we have to look at. We have to look at the financing. How do we, if we don't have a job, how do we prove to banks that we are 
eligible lender or borrowers that we would pay basically to pay the money back. So that's the number one thing is we build a business and that business owns the properties. So does that all make sense? Yes, no, absolutely. And that's why I was asking that question because a lot of people listening, that's what they ask. How do I finance this? Wrong question. That's what I wanted to hear from you. <laughs> the, it's the wrong thing. Is this the right deal? Like, are you ready as well? And personally, like you said, you have to set up the business. Do you are you able to take on that challenge? Do you know about tenants or if it's commercial? Mm -hmm. Do you know about those laws, insurance? Like there's a whole bunch of other considerations. And I think I, I understand where you're going there is is it are you talking about setting up another business that finances your real estate investing or because that's something else a lot of my listeners are lawyers doctors different people that have corporations with money sitting in it that they can't take out because they get taxed but they could lend out to themselves in another company and invest uh, there's a million ways to i guess to slice this <laughs> Yeah, you're absolutely right. In fact, it's a little nuanced on every person's uh, structure. Like, let's say have they have the retirement account, or they have um, whatever, like the, wherever their money's allocated. Or there's different ways to actually do it. Um, my opinion is, I would personally not, unless you have like a life insurance policy that you borrow from, or a retirement account that you borrow from. I would not set up a business put my money inside there and then lend that money to my own business. Now I'd lend it to other people, totally different, yeah. but to my own properties, you're just going to be taxed twice. That's really, really what it comes down to because you're taxed at your income from your property as well as the lending. Now, if you're lending that money to other companies or other uh, people that are investors, totally different story because you're only going to be taxed on that once, which is really, really good. But what I like to talk about or explain is the financing and the finding of properties. In fact, most people say, well, Dustin, how do I find properties and how do I finance them? I'm like, that's the, the, the that's where we all, I, I did it too, because I didn't know exactly how it really worked out. But that's the first thing we jumped to, which in fact, it should be building the business. So Francois, let me give your listeners an idea of what building a business looks like. Now, if you think about this, if you're going to create a convenience store, you know, convenience store, the candy bars and soda machines and gasoline and all that sort of stuff. Well, you're not going to sign a lease on a location, open the doors and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. You wouldn't <laughs> no. do that. You'd go out of business in two seconds. But what you would do is build the business first. You get the gondolas, those are shelving units that go on the ground, the, the countertops, cold storage, bank accounts, cash registers, insurance, employees, everything in the business before you buy any inventory. Then once the business is built, you buy the inventory. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business, have everybody working on our business, and then we buy that piece of property, and that property is our inventory. And then we put that inventory into our business. Just like all the candy bars, in, a, in this, let's say you had your own convenience store, you had 100 different candy bars. You may not want to eat like 99 of them, but other people will. So all these properties that you buy, you may not want to live there, but it doesn't no. matter. Other people will. So we build the entire business right? Property managers, contractors, insurance agents, inspectors, plumbers, roofers, mortgage brokers, wholesalers. We, we find, and realtors, we find everybody inside the business, build it up. And they are the experts that are going to tell us how to make sure we run the business well, because I actually love to invest all over the country. In fact, my students, we invest all over the country. Like I said, I even have Canadian students that invest in America as well. And 
we don't even fly to these places to visit and just to, oh, let's fly there. Let's see the area, meet people. You don't need to do that. Technology is so amazing nowadays. So all you need to do is find the experts and then you have the experts. I'll give you a quick example of what that looks like. A property manager being an expert. Let's say you, oh, oh, let me give you a quick negative or this is the wrong way to do it and quickly forget it. So what the gurus, the quote unquote gurus, like when I first got started investing, I was watching one of those late night infomercials at two, Two o'clock in the morning or something like it, it was like 2006, two o'clock in the morning. And it's they said, hey, we're coming to your town. We're going to do a free seminar. And so I went to that free seminar at the very end of the seminar. It was all hype. They said, run to the back and now go give us $10,000, which yeah. I went back and it was instead of $10,000, it was $1,000. So I paid that all at long story short. I followed what they'd said. And my property manager started stealing from me with six months. It was bad because I didn't do it right. I did what they said. And this is what they say but you'll quickly forget it. And I'll tell you the right way. They'll say, find a property anywhere in the country. You run the numbers, which means you make your expenses a little bit lower than your income, the rents from it. Like you want to make $50 a month in passive income. And you also want appreciation. Well, I'll pause and say, I don't invest for appreciation. The reason why this is generational wealth that I'm creating. I will literally give these properties to my kids. And so why would I worry about appreciation? So from and that speculation as okay. well, because it could it, not happen potentially. So absolutely. Then they say spend thousands of dollars to buy the property, then spend thousands of more dollars to fix up the property. Then you find a tenant and then you try to find a property manager to manage the property. Well, in my opinion, that's just about backwards. What we want to do is have a business that runs itself. I have so many people that say, Dustin, I bought this property, did everything the guru said, spent thousands of dollars, and then tried to find a property manager, called the property managers and they said, well, no, I would not manage a property. I'll get shot going over there. Well, you don't have an asset anymore. You have a liability because yes. what it does is nobody's going to manage it. And then you have to try to manage it and you don't want to do that. So what we do is we build the business so that now the business runs itself. So ex expert would literally say, instead of saying, hey, property manager, I bought this house, number one, Happy Street. How much would it rent for? Would you manage it? And then say no. Instead of saying that, you say, property manager, I'm looking to buy this property. Number Where? one, Happy Tell me about it. How much will it rent for? What's the vacancy factor? What's the area like? And will you manage it and other questions? And if they tell you, no, I won't manage it. It's a bad area. Then you didn't waste all that money and time. No, you move it. on to the next one. So that's the example of what it is building a business that has experts that are helping you to make sure you do that business right. Does that all make sense? Yeah, it really does. And that's a big difference. Uh, investing in Canada, in Canada versus the US, we don't have to worry about crime as much or guns and things but i agree <laughs> with you the same us we have a similar concept nobody wants to live there so some provinces some smaller towns have higher vacancy and then you call a property manager no i would never manage this place because nobody wants to rent there so that's another issue so doing your research is super important just like your convenience store example where do you locate it? You don't put it right by a grocery store where people can get the same candy for half price. You put it in an area that makes sense and people are kind of, they, there's a need, there's a demand. So same for real estate. Is there a need? Is there a demand? Good employment? Is the, you do kind of property analysis and well, you get experts to do it, but that's the one thing though. That's how do you find trustworthy experts? How do you check their background? Because you're relying Great heavily question. on them. 
Great question. And let me, so if you were to create that convenience store and I'll get to definitely tell you like how, how we do it, but if you're going to create that convenience store and you get everything set up, all your money, all your inventory, everything's all set up. And you see somebody walking across the street and you say, Hey, you got a pulse. Come on in here, manage my business, manage my inventory, manage my money, manage my customers, manage my employees. No, you wouldn't do that. You would interview them and you would look for the best qualified candidate for that position. Same thing with real estate investing. Every single position, we want to find the right people that are going to fit in our business, like our property manager. I, uh, what I do is I actually, in my, for my students, I give them 22 questions that we ask our property managers and the answers of what we're looking for so that we ask them the questions and then hopefully we get the right answer. And we interview multiple property managers multiple times. You're not just going to call them up. Hey, you're a property manager. Great. Can yeah. you manage my property? No, no. You'll, you'll, I followed that, which that's what the gurus said. I followed that. And my property manager started stealing from me within six months. It was really bad. But what we do is we do multiple interviews multiple times of multiple property managers. And on top of that, I'll give you a quick tip. So texting is not an interview. Email is not an interview. Phone call is absolutely an interview. Now it might, it will be probably hard to get them on zoom. They're really really, property managers are usually busy. So they wouldn't really jump on zoom, but phone calls are by far the best way to interview people. But that's what we do in our business. We call and we interview from property managers to inspectors, to plumbers, to we, everybody in the business, we interview them before we hire them. And I find that's very telling. Like you said, the phone call, how quickly do they pick up the phone or call you back? Yes. I've called property management companies and weeks later, I haven't heard back. Well, sorry. You're 100% right. Or if they answer yeah, I, right away, maybe maybe they're not busy enough. Like there's a fine line, but how professional are they with you? They don't know you. Hey, what's up? Like what's... What's their style? So there's lots of things you can pick up from from a phone call. Well, totally. Yeah. If they don't call me back within 24 hours, and this is before they have my business, then I don't even, I just write them off because now if they get better, like we call them two or three times, they kind of start picking up. But the biggest thing for me is communication. Now, if they act that way and treat you poorly before they have your business and your money, imagine when they have your money, like, oh, this Dustin, the guy again, I don't want to answer it. Boop. And they, they don't hang, they hang up on you or they don't even answer it. And so what happens is we realize in the interview process, we get to see how they're going to act inside the actual working with you process. Yeah. And their reliability and some, some of them give you value right away. Like, okay, this is a great spot. If you get that property, I'm interested or no, I'm not interested. And here's why I'm too busy, whatever. So it's it's really worth it. So what's your number one question you would ask? Like just one that that's kind of a deal breaker, maybe. Got it. For me, let's see. It comes around to let me, let me give you two. I'm gonna give you a practical one that is like uh, let me just say it. So the first one is tell me of a time. This is gets better than a yes to no, yes or no answer. Tell me yeah. of a time that you had an irate tenant that is you know, they were upset about, let's say, a toilet not, uh, you know, being fixed or their rent went up. Like, tell me about a time that this happened and how you responded. Cause you're obviously getting to know their experience. It should have happened if they were any bit of a property manager, it should have happened. And then how they responded to it. So that's a, a creative way to get more out of them, to know their experience. But a big one 
is I like to know their business processes. Like how, mm. like, what do they do with their tenants? Like when is rent due? When is it? Cause in America we have a three day notice. We give them three day notice before our um, eviction starts. What's, what's the process? Like when is the rent due? What's the late fee? Basically, how are they going to treat the tenants? That's a big one is all that process of collecting. Another one I really, really like to ask about is about not necessarily how much they charge for the managing, but I yeah. really like to know the other fees that they charge. Let's say they charge a fee for just having a property. This is a big one. I I get, I, I don't even bother with property managers that do this. They say, if it's not rented, we're still going to charge you a hundred dollars oh, a month. Yeah. If it's not rented, I'm like, there's no way. Like I'm nothing. paying you to make me money. <laughs> yeah. There's I'm not going to pay you to not have it rented. Yeah. It's things like that. So the biggest question that I always liked is what's your communication. So this is what dig back to your the original question. My favorite thing to start with your communication. Can I guarantee, can you guarantee me a 24 hour turnaround on my communication with you? Is that too much to ask for? They say it's, it's too much. Like, you know, I need 48 hours. I need three weeks to reply back to you. That's not good enough. So that's the getting in the door of a property manager of, of seeing if it's somebody I want to work with communication. Next one will be trustworthiness. Do, when I talk to them on the phone. Do they sound trustworthy? Do they sound shady? Or do they sound like they are trying to pull a wool over my eyes? <laughs> Everybody, I think, has a decent understanding of like interpersonal communication. They can kind of tell, eh, it just doesn't feel right. That could be a sign. The last one for me is experience. That's when I start asking those experience questions and getting to know how have they performed in the past. But it, I, I can go so much into property managers because that's the lifeblood of your business. If it your really property is. manager is not managing it, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be pulling your hair out at night instead of sleeping, but you'll be sleeping like a baby if you have a good property manager. Yeah, this can make or break your business in real estate investing. Your property management is that's kind of everything. You could have the nicest property with no good property management. It's gonna be trashed by tenants and yeah, yeah absolutely. Mess suffer so dustin wow i can hear the passion <laughs> when you're talking and i can hear the experience as well so where can my listeners find out more about your coaching program and and learn i mean you mentioned you work with canadians i know in canada right now prices have gone up so much we love the us it's very affordable even with the exchange rate there i know this is not the number one question but anyway there's still huge opportunities and your country has, what, 330 million people, I think. We're at 39. We finally, we're almost at 40. So <laughs> big difference. So what's what's the best way to find out more about becoming successfully unemployed? Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually have a free course. I just love giving this out to people. you mind if I share with everybody? No, go ahead. Awesome. So if you go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, all one word forward slash free course, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll give you my free course, literally walks you everything in depth, how to find an area of the country to invest anywhere in the country, how to build the business first, how to make sure you're making $250 or more in passive income from every single property and how to scale it to quit your job. You could also find me. I have my own podcast. It's a solo show. I just love, like I said, giving out this information, Master Passive Income Podcast. It's even the YouTube channel. I have extra content on there for YouTube as well. And if you're on Instagram, you can hit me up on there, the Dustin Heiner at the Dustin Heiner. I'm not that arrogant. It's the only handle I could find or come up with. <laughs> Dustin Heiner was taken. But uh, yeah, so you can find me all those. I just love seeing people change their lives. In fact, I have over thousands of students now that have literally changed their life 
by investing in real estate. Once you buy one property that makes you $250 a month, that's $3,000 a year. Or the US, US dollars. That's $3,000 US a year. If you have 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month in passive income. That's $30,000 a year. 20 properties is $5,000 a month, $60,000 US every single year without working. That's the beautiful thing. And then like, I love it. Now I have with my four kids, I will literally give these properties to my kids, teach them how to do that, help them to buy their first set, 10th and 100th property. This is just creating generational wealth. And I'd love to see everybody else be able to do that. So get my free course. And I, I love being able to share this. So I appreciate you having me on, Francois. No, it sounds amazing. And I'll have to keep listening to your podcast. And and uh, sorry, kind of a silly question. Do you sell your T-shirt? Because that's really cool. The successfully unemployed. That would be fun to wear somewhere. <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. So I actually put it the easiest way for most people. I put it on Etsy. And oh, I nice. also have, yeah, you just go, go to Etsy, type in successfully unemployed T-shirt. You'll find it on there. I also have it on my website, Master Passive Income. I don't know if it's full. I just redesigned the site. So I don't know if it's it's easy to find yet, but I'll get it on there. But if you just go to Etsy, Etsy.com type in successfully unemployed, you'll find the shirt. So it'd be great. I love getting, I love having people wear these shirts because what's great, Francois, it's a conversation starter. People really are like, is. well, two, <laughs> two things. One, they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, what are you sorry about? Like, oh, you're unemployed. Like, oh, no, no, no. It says successfully yeah. unemployed, which means I found a way to make money without working a job. Or you'll get questions of people like, oh, I want to be successfully unemployed. I want to be financial. So what's great is it starts conversations and us as investors, the more people that we can talk to that we can potentially help them to invest in our deals. Like, Hey, we have a great deal. Would you want to lend us money as be a private money lender all that sort of stuff? So it's great be having conversation starters. So yeah, I would love to see you wearing it Francois. For networking. Yeah. Great tip. Cause I'm sure that's something you cover at some point, either in your podcast or in your course, because you need people. This is a business of people. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, with all the team, your power team, your your business. And yeah, you need conversa conversation starters. Not everybody's very great, at, I guess, at networking and icebreakers. So it's been awesome. Dustin, thank you so much. And I'm jealous you're in beautiful Arizona. Where in Arizona, I need to ask? Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, wow. Okay. So nice and warm with the cactus. And... It's beautiful. <laughs> yes, it is right now. I think it was like a high of like 72 degrees today. So it's okay. fantastic. Very pleasant day. Well, it's been a pleasure. We'll have to catch up again at some point. And yes, uh, everybody, please check out Dustin's website and free course. I love free. I'm the king of free. Everybody who knows me, I got my free lava lamp going on there. And <laughs> anyway, all kinds of ways to, to save to invest more in real estate and generational wealth. So thank you and all the best. Cheers. Hello, wine and real estate listeners. Jason Lowe here from episode number 129. Access to financing and dealing with the banks can be frustrating. We've all felt it. Every payment that you make, whether it's the mortgages, property taxes, repairs and maintenance, unplanned vacancy, every single transaction is a permanent transfer of money away from you making the wheels of the banking business and the real estate business turn. In other words, you're doing all the work and everyone else is getting all your money. Let me show you everything that I know from my 15 years of experience, teaching people the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept all across Canada. All you need to do is head on over to ibc4me.com. Again, that's ibc4me.com. 
and I will give you the blueprint to solve the problem. Again, that's ibc4me.com. Whatever your real estate and wealth building goals are, I promise you the infinite banking concept is the best process to get you there. I encourage you to take the next step. Simply head on over to ibc4me.com. Again, that's ibc4me.com. And if you think you can't afford to do that right away, well, let me tell you, you can't afford not to discover this. I truly believe that what you'll learn will open your eyes to a whole new financial world. Hey there, listeners. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Wine and Real Estate Podcast. Yes, absolutely. You can find us on Instagram. Our handle is wine underscore and underscore real estate. So wine and real estate on Facebook, FL Homes Corp. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Yes. And please make sure to give us a rating, five stars mm-hmm. or any comments. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we love suggestions as well. Cheers. Yeah. Chin chin. Thank you.